All right, so today we begin a new study, How to Hear the Voice of God. And uh, praise God that uh, He still speaks today. Last week, uh, we were in John chapter 10, and part of that was Jesus teaching that He is the good shepherds, the good shepherd, and we, His followers, are His sheep. So verse 27 of John 10, Jesus says, My sheep listen. What do sheep do? Listen. What do the sheep do? listen. The sheep listen to his voice, right? I know them, Jesus said. I know them. It's a relationship right there, and they follow me. We're surrendered to his lead. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's the key to the next four weeks here. So question, are you a Christ follower? What is the primary difference between a person who claims to be a Christ follower and a person who does not? Well, right here we see a Christ follower has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Does anybody believe that? Okay, good. Now, uh, if we were to brainstorm qualities of a great relationship, what kind of words might come to mind? Qualities of a great relationship, what kind of words come to mind? Love, Love, commitment, okay. Intimacy, excellent. How about laughter? How about laughing at the other? Or how about laughing at yourself? Yeah, okay. Uh, Shared values, anybody think that? Yeah, yeah. What do you think the most, uh, the the number one word would be if you said, what's the key to a great relationship? Love, okay. I just heard of communication, yeah. Yeah, I think communication comes up. And this is not spiritual versus non-spiritual here. This is just the truth, that if you were to ask any group of people uh, to describe keys to a great relationship, whether marriage or friendship or whatever, the word communication is going to come up. If not immediately, then, then soon thereafter. Communication is key to any great relationship. Um, I've been sitting on this word for about four or five weeks now, and about two weeks ago, I opened a news article about a celebrity couple who'd been married 46 years, and uh, when asked the key to their success, what word do you think came up? Communication, absolutely. Kind of reminds me of this elderly couple, of course, celebrating their 60-year wedding anniversary. When asked the key to a great marriage, the wife spoke up first. She said, absolutely, one speaks and the other doesn't listen. <clears throat> okay, stop nudging your neighbor there, folks. Two-way communication, it's key, okay? Uh, yet there are those in our world who want to tell us that, that God no longer speaks. They would say that the reason they think that is because everything that we need to know is now on paper and that God will only speak to, through his written word. And, and to a degree... I understand that. I mean, there have been those who have said they've heard from God that didn't. There have been those who have said they've heard from God and told nothing but but lies. Uh, There have been cults built because someone said they heard from God. But friends, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. While God does not change his word, well, God does not add to his word or contradict his word. He is still speaking to people today. He's still speaking to people today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to say otherwise just doesn't make sense. Why would God, who has been speaking to people for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, suddenly quit speaking to them after the first century A.D.? Why would anyone claim a relationship where the parties involved are not on speaking terms? And Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. 
Uh, imagine two people on a job search. I mean, one is a believer, the other would say that, that they're, they're not a believer. Would there be any difference in the way these two people approach a job search? Well, well I would hope so. I, I think the, the, the non-believer would probably gather information. If, if he likes what he's seeing, then he'll apply for that job and hope for the best. Well, a believer, if, if he's walking with God, trusting in God, truly has his life in God's hands, he might do research as well. He might submit an application as well. But hopefully there, with a spirit of thanksgiving, that person will say, now it's in your hands, God. And that's a great place to be because God directs those who trust him. And that's a great, great thing. God has information that no amount of research is going to uncover. He knows the history of the company. He knows the people who work there. He knows how long they're going to be around. He sees the, the big picture. And I feel sorry for anyone who would claim to have a relationship with God, yet say, but we don't talk. God speaks to people. And, and, and so he directs those who trust in him. Absolutely. So the focus here is who hears God's voice? Well, his sheep hear his voice. And that tells us that hearing God's voice isn't so much about something we do as much as it's about something we are. That's right. It's about relationship. We are in relationship. Who exactly are you? Well, I hope you're a sheep. I want you to be a sheep. If you're a sheep, would you please say, I am a sheep. <laughs> would you please tell someone near you, I am a sheep. <laughs> okay, now that we know what the smell is, okay, we can move on. <laughs> Chapter 10 of your Bible, John, verse 1. Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, Jesus is the gate, right? Pharisees, you got to come in the same way as everybody else. Whoever does not enter by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep what? Listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them out, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they what? Know his voice, right? Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They too will what? Listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock of one shepherd. The other sheep, this is, Jesus is talking to a largely Jewish uh, group of people, and he's describing most of us who would not be Jewish, but, but rather more of the um, Gentile origin right here. And he's saying, hey, all that division is going away in me, that we're going to be one people. Then verse 27, my sheep, what do they do? Listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Is Jesus the shepherd? Are you following him? And if you're following him, that would make you a sheep. What do sheep do? Sheep listen to his voice. He speaks. They listen. They grab a hold of what he's saying. They respond accordingly. Okay, so quickly, let me give you three things about hearing God's voice. The first thing that we all need to know is that hearing God's voice is built in. It's, it's natural to the relationship. As we said, it's not something we do. 
as much as it's something that we are. You are his sheep, and as his sheep, you recognize his voice, and you respond to that voice. You see, God made you and me different from all the other species on the planet. God made us in his own image. Part of that has to do with the way that we communicate. And, and just as God both hears and speaks, so he's given us the capacity to hear and speak to one another and also with him. This is what separates us from all the other animals, all the other creatures on the planet. The ability to communicate our deepest feelings in a meaningful way, whether that be like this on a, on a horizontal plane or whether it be like this on a vertical plane. Now, please, please, please. I am not suggesting that animals do not communicate. Yes, animals communicate, but not on the level that we do. I mean, go and watch the Discovery Channel, right? And, and you'll see a program like the one where a scientist sits in this room all day listening to whales, whales all day long, right? He hears that whale going, And, and the interviewer is like, what's he saying? And the scientist says, he's lonely. <laughs> I think the scientist is lonely. <laughs> he needs to get out more, right? Here's an experiment. Here's an experiment. If you have a dog, okay, go home and talk to your dog and, and put on your, your most loving voice and say to your dog, you're so stupid. Why, you're just the stupidest thing that I ever did see. How's your dog going to respond? Oh, like, wow, he loves me, he loves me, right? Why, why do dogs bark all night long? I mean, it's time to open our windows, right? And we open our windows, and what do we discover? They're still out there, right? Dogs are still out there all night long, all night long. Right? You go out in the back door, you just say, shut up. Like we think the dog's going to say, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, but, but there he is. I mean, what's that dog saying anyway? He's saying, I'm trapped in the backyard. Help, 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 help. And then the other dog chimes in, help him, help him. <laughs> so animals communicate. We, we love animals but it's different. We were made and created in the image of God, and part of that shows up in how we communicate. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. My sheep listen to my voice. It's built in. We were born with the capacity to hear God. So this is the second thing. Not only is it built in, it's picked up. It's picked up. Did I just contradict myself? No, take a look at, at children. Children are born with the ability to communicate, but they have to learn the skill. And whether it's by intention or default, they pick up words, they pick up sounds, they pick up grammar, they pick up language. Now, they need help in knowing what to say, what not to say, and when not to say it. I wish I could get past that. <laughs> Why is my word every year? New year. Mike's word for the year, filter, Michael, filter. I just, I'm not picking up the skill here. But just as it's part of who we are, 
It's also picked up as, as we go. In fact, if I were to ever teach a class on prayer, which I, I do teach prayer all the time. One time I taught just nothing but prayer for an entire year that I always want to make sure that I'm teaching on these two sides of that sword, right? That, that on one edge, one side of the edge, it, it has to do with, with talking to God. On the other side of the edge, it has to do with hearing what God is trying to say. And I honestly believe this morning God said, we're going after the enemy with sticks, Okay, trust me, the victory is mine. It has nothing to do. And, and yes, we bring our needs to God, but God never intended for prayer to be nothing more than, than putting our, our shopping list out there before him and saying, you know, this is what I need you to do, God, because what it's about is communication between a loving father. We gotta get this. Even if your father failed you, this is a loving father and his responsive children. And when at last we take time to be still, take time to listen it's then we can hear what our father longs to say i think for far too many of us prayer is is like that person who calls on the telephone and and rambles on for like 10 or, or 15 minutes you know but i got to go do that and doing this i'm doing oh oops oops out of time gotta go talk to you later right? And that's the way we, we go to prayer. God, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. I need, oh, oh, no, out of time, God, I got to go t- talk to you later. Click, and there's God saying, oh, if only you would pause in my presence and hear what I have to say. I have things to say to you that will give you courage today. Okay, I have things today that will fill your soul. I have things today that will give you the direction that you're looking for, the hope and the courage you have uh, to rise above circumstances that you're dealing with to help someone that, you, that you're you're burdened for man the other day i was there's this guy that has this wife that has dementia and i and i've just been praying for him when i see him the other day i was compelled to say thank you for being a hero he's like what me and then he said but you know i've got a neighbor that i don't know how to help she's suicidal and i'm like wait a minute dude you got all this with your wife and you're still reaching out to a neighbor? He's focused on his inadequacy. I don't know how to help my neighbor. And God gave me a word for this guy. It was like, I just want to hold on to the reality that in the midst of your battle, you're able to reach out and help someone else. Friends, we were made to hear God's voice, but we need to learn to pick up signals. They're all around us. They come from people around us. They come from the way we handle things. They come to our, from our responses to things and you might just be thinking well i don't know how to listen to god and what you need to know that this isn't some kind of college degree i mean this isn't something that that like you have to obtain this level of knowledge in order to get here and so the challenge is so simple this morning and that's this take some time this week just to sit in god's presence sure get rid of that shopping list take care of that right so that it's not distracting you and then sit in his presence in fact set a timer if you must i mean maybe two minutes maybe four minutes just sit there and say god speak to me and if the timer goes off then read a little bit of his word read the 23rd psalm read read the psalms read the proverbs read read the gospel of john read somewhere and say god speak to me and if and if and if something jumps out at you write it down i had no idea that that word sticks was going to be my word for today but i marked it this morning and all morning long god i'm going after the enemy with sticks because you are the defender and you are the victor it doesn't matter what i have because i have you <laughs> so so each week at the close of the sermon we ask these two questions 
what is God's Spirit saying to you this morning, and how will you respond? And I'm afraid, like anything else, it becomes ritualistic. Oh, it's, it's ritual. But please hear me. It's not ritual. It's who Michael Descoli is. I never speak believing I have the final word. In fact, I don't come here hoping somebody hears Michael Descoli. I hope that someone is here hearing what God has to say. That's what it has to be about. God speaking. So there's a third thing, and that's it's worked out. So the ability to hear God, it's built in, it's picked up, and it's worked out. Not only do kids pick up things as they go as far as communication, they develop them with practice. Let's be honest. Children say things that we're not supposed to say. Amen? Yeah, maybe you have a thought in mind when that comes to mind. I was born with this eye defect, <clears throat> and uh, and uh, consequently, uh, much of my life, glasses, thick, thick glasses, Coke bottom, bottle bottom glasses. And uh, one time we were in my front yard playing. I was probably seven years old, a bunch of neighbor kids who were climbing trees, having a good time. And one of the kids said, I wonder what you'd look like without glasses. And one of the other kids said, oh, I'll bet you look really great without glasses. Can we see what you look like? I didn't want to take my glasses off. I don't want the focus on me. Let's climb trees. The whole thing was embarrassing. And they finally got me to take my glasses off. And no sooner had I, ooh, how gross. Put them back on. You look so much better with glasses on. Thanks for the pity. I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. How old are you, Grandma? Shh. I don't ask Grandma how old she is. No. Kids develop communication skills with use. We all know that uh, here in Colorado, we have laws, you know, that are uh, unusual. Uh, one of those is to keep people from smoking in public places. I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I appreciate that. But please know, this is not a message against smoking. It's just all about illustrating things. And I'm amazed when I go to another state, one that doesn't share this law, that I can this law that I can actually be there eating my meal when someone's puffing smoke right next to me. It's like shocking. But wait a minute, I grew up in the 60s. And I mean, this was common. It was everywhere. You go in any place, any restaurant, wherever, and there's that big old cigarette machine, right? With these knobs, right? You pull out knobs that, that are there. Yeah, Bob's big boy after church. There's one of those machines, People smoking. It was just, just the way it is. Well, one time, uh, there was a whole bunch of church people in a lobby waiting to be seated, and this little guy's bopping around in the, in, in the crowd, when all of a sudden, a man goes up to that cigarette machine, plops his money in, ching, right? Pulls the lever, whoosh, out comes a pack of cigarettes. Little boy shouts to the crowd, Dad, that man just bought cigarettes. He's going to hell, isn't he, Dad? Friends, heaven and hell have nothing to do with smoking or not smoking. That kid is simply working out communication skills that he probably picked up in his religious environment. And the point, not everything we think God has said or has said is really from God. And if it's not somehow confirmed by God's word, then let, let, the, let the yield signs go out. Caution, you know, better not go here. In fact, let me give you some immature thoughts here quickly on hearing God. The first would be those who believe in a message a minute. And these are people who want to convince us that they hear from God at least a thousand times a day, okay? In fact, they can't do anything unless they hear from God. I don't think I should get out of bed this morning. I haven't gotten a word from God yet. 
Yeah, message a minute. Does God want to communicate to us on a regular basis? Absolutely. But friends, it's more about relationship than it is about instruction. Did you hear that? It's more about relationship than it's about instruction. Imagine a little girl playing with her doll. Daddy, daddy, um, should I play with my doll five minutes or should I play with my doll 15 minutes? Daddy, daddy, should I, should I work on her hair or should I change her clothes? Daddy, daddy, should we have tea together or should we go shopping? And the little girl's 40 years old. No, not quite. But, but, but we need to hear we don't need God to direct every little detail of our life. That's why I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 so much, where it says that, um, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on in your understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll direct your paths. In other words, as you're moving, he will direct your steps, so you don't need his direction in every detail. There's another thing that people do. It's called point and hope. It's the idea that I need to hear from God today. I need a word from God. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my Bible. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to flop my Bible on the table. And, we're, and I'm going to point. And wherever my finger points, that's God's word for me for, for the day. And, and I don't want to tell you that that never works. I mean, this morning, I believe God gave me a word from the word. Uh, two weeks ago, I woke up thinking I had to deal with a very difficult situation, and I could not believe the, the scripture I read seemed to indicate that God was saying, this is not going to be a problem, it's already been dealt with. And sure enough, I went into a situation, no problem there, okay? But what's the difference? It was all taken care of just as God has said, but I wasn't looking for that. This is not a reliable um, technique. And, and the truth is, God spoke to me out of relationship and not out of instruction. Okay, I wasn't looking for it all. He just gave me what I needed. Back in the early 1900s, there was a preacher who used to teach that every one of us had a, a life Bible verse. Okay, uh, there's a life Bible verse for every one of us. It's already assigned. And the way that you find your life Bible verse is you take the year that you were born and you put a colon right in the middle of it. And, and so whatever that is, that is your life verse. Well, the only problem was that as the 19th century began to progress, the Bible could no longer support his theory. Okay, let me give you an illustration of what I mean. I was born in... Oh, yikes. Why would anybody even say this? I, yeah, I, I was born in 19... 59, okay? Of all the 19th chapters in the Bible, the, the longest one is the book of Joshua, and it only has 51 verses. That means there's no life verse for Michael Descoli. How come I didn't get any poor Michaels on that one? I mean, I thought, surely I, this is going to be poor Michael day. He's coming after the enemy with sticks, right? If you were born in 1935, your life verse might be Genesis 1935. Okay, so here's your life verse. They got him drunk and slept with him. <laughs> yeah. 
So then there's a third. Others use the Kesara approach. Doris Day used to sing, Kesara, Sara, whatever you'll be, you'll be. The future's not ours to seek. Kesara, Sara. And it's like, whatever you feel, that must be God speaking to you. But that's not the truth. The truth is that just because you choose something doesn't mean it's God's direction. We need to mature to the place that we are recognizing and responding to God's voice. 1985, awesome year. That was the year. Uh, August 3rd, 1985, that was the year that I said, I do, to my bride. That was an awesome year. It was also the year I was graduating from college. It was also the year that a number of churches were pursuing me. I had some great opportunities. It, it was the year that the college church pastor was pursuing me to join a staff. Seminaries were pursuing me at this point, and I didn't know what to do. Part of me wanted to work with this particular college church pastor, but the position he offered, was, wanted to offer me was filled. It was filled by a friend of mine, someone I believed in and cared very much for. So what am I supposed to do? I, I didn't have a job. I'm getting married. It's time for some sort of change. What's going to happen here? So one Friday, I just set aside time for God, and I was fasting during the noon hour when God spoke into my life, and he said, Michael, you got to trust me. Here's what I want you to do. You're going to work for the college church, and you're going to work for the college church pastor, but I want you by faith to call those other pastors that are pursuing you and tell them that you're no longer available. And if they ask where, I, where you're going, just tell them. You can't say a word because the position hasn't been offered. And so I did. I called all those. It seems like a stupid thing, but I really don't believe I heard from God. And I called all those guys, and they were saying things like, wait a minute. Don't take us out of, the, out of the possibility list here. I mean, wait until you hear. Tell you what, we'll, we'll keep your name on file. We want to talk to you further. And I said, well... I said, all I'm telling you is I know where I'm going. I can't tell you, but I believe God's going to answer this. And uh, so after I made my final call, the lead pastor, without any clue of what I had done, called me up and he said, you won't believe it. And I'm like, yes, I will. And he said, uh, that other guy just resigned. Get ready to start doing some interviews. And I worked for him. God spoke. I listen. But not everything that we think is of God is of God. What we need to hear today is we were created to communicate with God. We were created with the ability. We pick it up. We develop it with you. So over the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about how to hear the voice of God. And I just hope, I hope, I hope you're not sitting there saying, God never speaks to me. But I hope you're sitting there saying, oh, I do want to hear his voice. I want to know his voice. I hope I'm creating, or not me, but the Spirit of God is creating a desire in you to have a relationship with God where you're hearing his voice and you're responding accordingly. We need all of you to be communicating with God on a regular basis. So the big question, are you a sheep? Do you know the Lord? It starts right there. It starts the moment that you begin to recognize that we really do need a Savior. I really do need a Savior. You really do need a Savior. Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. You can pursue all the religions of the world and what you'll find, a collection of lists and lists of things to do. You can find Christian churches that that's all they're about is a list of things to do, but there's really one thing 
that God calls us to. And everything else has to flow from that. We don't put our faith in what we can do, but we put our faith in what he has done for us on the cross. And today can be your day of coming home, your day of salvation. We are living in a state of condemnation in this world, and today can be your day of being rescued. Jesus didn't come to condemn. He came to save. He came to rescue. Will you let this be your moment? It's a free gift of God for all who believe, and in that he will give you his Holy Spirit who will empower you to do his will. Let's bow our heads and pray. So two questions. What is God saying to you this morning through this word? And how will you respond? Is anyone sitting there right now and saying, right now I am giving my life to the Lord? I'm, I'm just looking. Nobody else is. Do you want to stick up your hand and say, right now I'm just giving my life to the Lord? Awesome. Awesome. Think about those two things and let God continue to speak. Let it be your prayer this morning.